0: She wandered through the garden fence Said I bought a great expensive potion
1: Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. We've got Missy Clifton joining us on the phone, and here's our host, Tom Dupree. Okay.
2: This is by Procol Harem. Now, when I really began to understand pop music and and when it developed, it all rotated as we've spoken around the summers, being at camp, laying in bed when it, with a counselor who would play the record all night long, and I didn't know what was happening to me at the time, but something was being formed in me that was going to be there for the rest of my life, and it was this influence mainly of British bands. It would be very difficult to describe to you how the American airwaves were dominated by bands from England. In the, in the mid to late 60s. But that was pretty much it. Who from America do you know about? The Beach Boys. That's it. From England. The Beatles. The Rolling Stones. Uh, the Kinks. The Dave Clark Five. Um, now you could say, well, the Doors. They were from America. They were kind of psychedelic. Jimi Hendrix really didn't get this... Discovered in the U.S. He got discovered in in England. And Procol Harum was one of those bands. And they uh, were from a place called South End on Sea in Essex. Now, there's another song of theirs that was very well known at the time. And this is the song that they got known for. It's called um, a whiter shade of pale, and I want to play that one because you can hear the influence in. The- yeah, there you go. This is so pure.
0: Turned cartwheels across the floor I was feeling kind of seasick
2: This song takes me back the crowd to 1967-68 laying in a room bunk bed in a cabin at a camp at 2.30 in the morning hearing this thing play on the radio and you just when that happens to you you'll never forget it and and so it really defines me in terms of music and there's got to be some of you all that it also defines so just sharing a little bit of piece of me of you Okay, uh, Psalm 65, praise is due to you, O God, in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. He didn't say some, he said all. When iniquities prevail against me, you atone for our transgressions. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. All right. Last week, um, we kind of had an event, and it was precipitated by uh, the awareness of the Lexington-Fayette-Urban County government's intention to present a budget and then pass it um, i got wind of it it was 523 pages and i downloaded it and then i shared it with uh, chad sturgill and adarsh mashru and i said they they are they are uh, the research Arm of Dupree Financial Group. They spend most of their days doing investment research on companies, um, primarily companies. But in this case, as they were in this case, they were uh, analyzing a municipality, which would be Lexington Fayette Urban County Government and its proposed budget. One of the things that they found was this was the largest budget in the city's history. Uh, It's $473 million starting July 1, an 18% increase from current years uh, and the largest ever. There were two two no votes on the council of uh, 12 members. Last year, uh, Linda Gorton's $401 million budget was the first to top $400 million. Strangely, at an 18% increase, it includes no tax increases, um, a 5% raise for most city employees, $3 million fund to give zero interest loans for developers to build infill projects. Well, that's... That's going to end up being a gift. A million dollars for nonprofits to use abandoned property for affordable housing. Uh, $375,000 for one Lexington, a city's violence prevention program. $260,000 for basically a new food truck. Mobile grocery store for neighborhoods who have limited access to food. Uh, In this $40 million, $460 million budget, $40 million in one-time money from various city, well, let's call them savings accounts of the city. So any money laying around for a rainy day got spent in this budget. Uh, and, And there's several other things. But, Uh, Due to the diligent work of my guys, what we found is that there were really aggressive expectations for increased revenues, primarily from the occupational license tax. If you work in the city of Lexington, it's an income tax on your income, two and a quarter percent of your earned income goes to the city. They expected that to increase by about 25% year over year. The bottom line is, and I read through this thing as much as I could without uh, puking all over it, throwing up, it looks like it was done by a sixth or seventh grader who barely passed math. Um, it was obvious to me that what happened was the different city council members got off in their little groups and said, We can spend this, we can spend this. And then they put it all together, and there was no point person who got to be the a-hole and say no you can't have this they all just submitted their requests and then that's what became the budget so instead of having some parent in the room that said this won't work you're going to get cut on this they just said let's just give ourselves everything we asked for we're not going to worry about whether we have the revenues to cover it or not, because I think it's because, number one, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, and number two, we are looking at an election year, and let's just give it away. And I spoke with a a lady uh, today who's considering running for one of the council seats, and she said, it seems to me in this post-COVID environment where the federal government was just writing all these big checks to everybody that people have just said, we're not going to worry about the revenue side of the equation. Let's just go out there and spend money, whether we have it or not. And it's actually advantageous in the case of our council, not to have a background in finance and not to have to make things add up.
1: And actually the parent in the room, was richard maloney of sorts the night that you spoke he was the only one that spoke out against the budget saying that we're going into tricky economic times and that it was not a time to spend the rainy day fund so there was that parent in the room there were two no votes against the budget missy again has done quite a bit of research and do you have your notes missy
3: uh, actually, Tom's got them, but you know, okay. uh, can you hear me? Sure. Can you hear me well yep. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. It, it was interesting because um, I actually watched the I watched the council meeting online, and I was just curious. Um, you know, I, you certainly see that all these people want to help. Because so I was, I just was interested as what what were their backgrounds. I, I realized they won their elections, and they are all you know representing their different districts. But actually, took the time to go back and look to see what everybody's background is. I just was <laughs> Why, why did you?
2: Why did you do that, Missy? I mean, well, why would you? I, you why know, would I, you dig around for that kind of stuff?
3: Because, because I have I have had the pleasure of sitting on a lot of different boards in the city, and and then each of those boards, one of the main things, and granted, this isn't this isn't a you know, it's not, not. I think I was telling you not apples to apples because. Um, I was appointed to these boards, or I was asked to be on these boards. I didn't go out and campaign to be on these boards and be elected like the city council is. So I know it's a little different. But on each of the other boards that I ever sat on, um, it was very, very important that that the um, that holistically the board was represented in each. Area so that we had the attorneys on the board to be able to look at things from a legal aspect. We had the financial people on the board that were able to look at budget concerns with you know with you know, with obviously with background and talent to man you know to look at that and, and help us in our um, our future plans you know our current and future plan our future spending. Um, it was important to have the PR people. It was important to have the event planners. So all those all those people, all those talents were brought together so that, uh, again, as a board, we operated um, at, you know, the highest capacity. So I just was curious um, what the council is made of and, and who are those voices, if you will, of financial experience. And I was a little, I mean, it was kind of, it was, it, was it, wasn't, it actually wasn't very surprising. A lot of the, the city council, current city council members have, backgrounds in, uh, nonprofit fundraising, um, realist, you know, realtors, uh, a couple attorneys, and there was one CPA, which I believe is Fred Brown. Um, so it, it's just, it's interesting uh, because I feel like that perhaps, um, you know, those, those voices are certainly necessary in the overall discussion, um, when you're trying to put together something as important as the city budget. And as Tom mentioned, uh, the largest budget ever, especially coming off of COVID. Um, one is the, you know, I think about all these people that were at home and working. I'm not sure what, where the, all that money was spent, but um, you know, a big concern I have, which Richard Maloney did a great job of expressing was number one, he said, you know, have you adequately prepared for gas and food prices? And I don't know about the rest of anybody listening, but my, my grocery bill has gone up at least 25%. And, you know, obviously the gas is, uh, that is off the chart. Um, you know, one of the things that was bothering me, um, you know, you said about projections about, you know, looking at what they're hoping will come in, which I think are pretty, uh, you know, might need to, might need to take a second look. I've just finished reading multiple uh, arguments talking about, not arguments, but data on the number of disabled Americans has been flat for years until 2021. And it's increased by 3 million, which is apparently about 10%. So, um, one of the things Chad and I had discussed um, just briefly was he was talking about the workers' uh, compensation. I think had gone up on that on the, the particular information that was provided. All right. Well, let's go but
2: back I- to you looking at the backgrounds right. of the council members. You sure. didn't find anybody on there that had a background in municipal finance and was no. And and the other thing you found out was that the budget director for this is the mayor's budget director came to the city from not from business, not from running uh, uh, another uh, business somewhere. That I mean the not 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 the not the council person, the head of yes, the the budget. Financial we it's were talking financial about the, the employee that it's a financial yeah. she came from the community action council.
3: She came so out from, she came from nonprofit. Yeah, from uh, sorry, a
2: nonprofit. So right. we don't have anybody on the board, or I mean, I'm sorry, on the council on the council that has any hard knowledge of municipal finance. There's nobody over there. There used to be a fellow named Bill somebody. I can't think of his name. He's obviously retired. So the mayor has brought in her political cronies. And we know that. I mean, because she does not like anybody that disagrees with her. And she's kind of snowed a lot of the people in this town that are decision makers. Because I get these uh, things in the mail inviting me to a fundraiser for Marilyn Gordon. And it's got all the who's who names on it. People that should know better. Well, should, you, should know I, I, that what we have is subpar compared to what it should be. And yet nobody wants to stand up. So, you know, they they talked about, I had two or three people, nobody like you has had the, uh, uh, you know, has been willing to stand up and confront the mayor and the council in a meeting. It's like they couldn't believe somebody was doing that. And I'm thinking, who the hell is in charge here? that can say, you're crazy, there isn't anybody in Art City Hall. Then I ran these ads, you know, show up if you want to, and, and we had about four people. So if you, the listeners, i.e., and the voters and taxpayers in this city are either two number one, thick-headed or just don't want to get involved, you're going to get the government you deserve, and you're not going to like it. You better. No, uh, no, I mean, you can disagree.
3: Nobody, nobody wants to fault. Uh, you know, uh, the, she wants to do right. She wants to help everybody. That's that's great. That's great, but not at the expense of the you know the the health and future the future health of our coppers and the uh, you know for the city. Well, to, I'm glad to you think she wants viable. to do
2: right and help everybody, but I I, I, mean, I, I don't think you're helping anybody, if you're not willing to listen to differing points of opinion and different views, we try to have
3: to be realistic for sure. You have to be real. And if you're
2: not, if you get faced with realism and you decide you want to turn and look the other way, the mayor did not even show up for the final vote on the, uh, on the budget. She was somewhere down in South Carolina, you know, doing something else. If it's your budget, And you endorse it and stand behind it. I asked, has anybody read this budget? Not a single council member raised their hand. We got problems, folks. We got big problems.
1: All right. We're going to end the first half of the hour on that note. And I think actually a couple of them did like timidly raise their hands. that's not a raise. Which was not definitive. We're going to go to a break. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. Missy Clifton's on the phone. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned.
0: I'm a midnight joker. I get my loving on
1: the run. Ooh. 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 Welcome back to the Tom Dupree show. We've got Missy Clifton on the phone, and here's our host, Tom Dupree.
2: Okay, this is Steve Miller. Believe it or not, he has been around for like 60 years. Of course, his father was Glenn Miller, the famous orchestra leader.
1: I did not realize that.
2: And uh, how did I find out about Steve Miller? Well, the first time I ever smoked marijuana, I was over at this guy's house. And he pulls out this album. Of course, this was like a new thing for me. It was uh, called Steve Miller Band Number 5. I'd never heard of the Steve Miller Band. But that was the... This was like 1971, so don't...
1: You were a naive teenager and yeah, you don't do such things. I was about things. 14 years yeah.
2: old. Anyway, that's where I found out, even with this miasma of THC. So as I studied uh, him, uh, he's, they are related to the Miller Brewing people. I and, did not know and, that either. And he's, he was born in Mil- Milwaukee. But he ends up moving to Dallas where he went to St. Mark's, which is really nice, uh, boys prep school in kind of the Highland Park part of Dallas. And there was another guy that was in the band with him, and I'll play a clip from him.
1: Right oh, there. no, no, Don't. yeah, oh, wow. Tommy and his transistor radio. Here it comes.
3: Don't miss the
1: boat that day he left the shack But that was all he missed And he
2: ain't coming back Okay, that's good. We got Not the point. Uh, let me play it for a second longer. Good Lord. the <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Yes. Right. Okay. so that's Bo, uh, that's Boz Skaggs, and uh, oh, he mother. was actually from uh, Fort Worth. So they went to St. Mark's to school together, and I think he got kicked out or something. But anyway, um, Steve Miller is a strange guy. I hear he's just full of ego. Um, he was taught guitar by Les Paul, who was from Waukesha, Wisconsin. That's the same Les Paul for whom the Les Paul guitar made by Gibson is named. So he's got a great pedigree, but I think he's a little bit difficult to be around. And just from what I understand, he's 77 years old. Um, anyway, it's just, he's a guy that's had this big career. And I, I mean, I really never listened to many of his songs. Maybe that will change. All right. I want to get Wait back. A minute,
3: hold on, I, I wanted to. I wanted to interject real quick. When you opened up the first uh, part of the show, uh, all I could think about was the big chill, <laughs> you, your song that you were playing. Which song? That you said you the, the first one that you opened up uh, the first half with.
2: The Steve Miller song.
3: No, it, yeah, the first half. Yeah. Oh, the, the the you y- <laughs>
2: you're talking about the uh, Procol Harem song.
3: Yeah, I thought that that reminded me of the big chill. That's what I remember. You, you got me back a few years.
2: You would Here's think. You big you chill? would think that. <laughs> I'm jacking with you. All right, let's go no, back right. to this thing about the council because it's interesting what people in this particular town of Lexington sort of fall for. If we look at the mayor that we have, she's got a background as a nurse. And so people think, oh, you know, she's empathetic. She's good in the helping profession. In fact, I used to go to a doctor where she was actually the nurse in the office. It was Dr. Furlow. Great guy, Terry Furlow. And Linda Wart was his nurse. They think that that equates to good management. The same people, that you would talk to in this town that would say, oh, yeah, she's great. I think she's a great mayor. If you ask them, well, do you balance your checkbook? Yeah. Do you make a plan to spend $20 million more than you've got? In other words, it, let's say you make 150000 bucks a year, and that's kind of what you've been making. Do you suddenly do a budget for this next year expecting that you're going to make 200,000 bucks and 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 obligate yourself to spending based on the 200,000 coming in just because you think it's going to?
1: And you have no real way to prove that, to you're prove going that it's to going make to. That. In fact,
2: the yeah. the uh in fact the um the hints would be that you'll be lucky to even make what you've been making, and they would say, "No, I wouldn't do my budget that way."
1: And well, in a in a bad economy, you could even get laid off.
2: Correct. So the the correct. question is, do you want somebody running your city that's very nice, very empathetic, very this, very that, but is going to essentially present a budget that never had a uh, a heavy hand? of logic and financial reason applied to it. Well, in in this town, in this town, they would probably scratch their heads a little bit on that one and say, yeah, I hear what you're saying about the financial reality, but given our politics and our penchant for um, sort of, Quote compassion. I'm still going to go with, um, with, with her because you know the 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 financial part will get all worked out, and a lot of people really have no idea how our city really operates and where it gets its revenues.
3: It's curious because um, I have to say it. I think that's a legitimate uh, concern, and coupled with the fact again that you know, as I said before. Uh, in career volunteerism, um, nonprofit community outreach, um, I, I would have—it's like I would have really appreciated hearing um, a couple of voices of concern from those guys. You know, uh, not just Richard Maloney and, to, uh, and, and of course David Koiber, um who also weighed in. Um, but you know, so I was telling you, Richard Maloney uh, was the only no vote last year. So um, you know, for him to always be the, the 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 voice of concern, of caution, of wait a minute, you know, are you are we counting our eggs before we hatch? Are we, you know, we banking on, um, you know, are we using a model that's a little too optimistic? Um, I think th- those are those are valid concerns. I mean, that's that's that's,
2: well, that's real. I, I, here's what I think. In the same way that COVID has kind of ruined our workforce for maybe the foreseeable future because of all this free money. You don't really have to work. You can stay home and watch Netflix. It's also done the same thing to city governments where the federal government said, oh, you're not going to have all these revenues. We're going to send you $120 million as a stopgap. Yeah,
3: yeah, we'll bail you out. And so
2: there's this thought that we can be irresponsible because the feds will come in and do this and that. And if you confront them with their irresponsibility, they're going to say you're not compassionate, you're not caring, maybe you're racist, certainly you're misogynistic, uh, homophobic, and all those things, because as we know, hard numbers are the province of white males. You know, this is patriarchal and this kind of thing. So you think, oh, I'm being overly? No, I'm not. When we start thinking an ex nurse is competent to run a city with a four hundred plus million dollar budget. That's where we've gone with that line of thinking and get 71% of the vote. You, the populace, the citizenry, the voters, the taxpayers, you guys have punted. You don't mind sending five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 of your pay to the city every year, but you're not asking for any kind of, um, of accountability for it.
3: And, and then, if you if you if anybody even wants to go go on and look at the video which the city has up, anybody can watch it. Um, the the first one where you actually attended, Tom um, not not this one where they voted it in, but when they had the discussion. Oh no no no! It was sorry, it was this last one. Amanda Bledsoe gives this long and winding um, explanation of how, you know, what she says is how hard they work, how hard they work. She's so proud of how hard the council worked to come up with this. And, you know, I guess I would have been a little more interested to find out, well, what do you mean exactly by that? And then in the paper, Steve Kay was quoted, I believe, as saying no one really offered up any cuts. You know, that um, it's it's as though there's, you know, kind of backtracking a little bit, just saying, you know, everybody worked really hard, so you should applaud us, you should pat us on the back because we did the best we could. Um, and nobody really offered up any cuts. So it is well, what they
2: did. And, and I don't fault Amanda for thinking like this. She's not trained as a financial person. What she did was they went deep into the various divisions and they said, How much money do you need for this? How much do you need for that? And they went and, and rather than sort of say, Well, I need $15,000, what well, do you think you could get by on six or eight? Well, no, you know, okay, they're going to need this. And they came in to the, but I think all these people went into different committees. They came in with all their uh, requirements and nobody stood there and said, sorry, I'm, I'm sure you worked hard, but you can't have this. There was nobody that was standing over the whole budget process and saying, no, you can't do it. It certainly wasn't the mayor. Certainly well, was and and, and, okay. and I don't think it was her appointed budget director. I'm talking about the salaried person that works for LFUCG, not one of the council members that's on the budget committee, but the person who's paid by LFUCG to run the budget. I don't think that person has the capability to do that, and I don't think this mayor wants somebody in there. This is where I would sort of diverge from. Oh, she's great, and this and that. I'm not sure she wants somebody in there that's going to really hold her accountable because she does not like opposition. Okay, I
3: left you some? I left you some articles on one of the hard and cold issues they had was uh, the, they don't have enough employees for the Department of Correction. so they're they are operating. I think I, I showed you a report where they're you know uh, working 16 hour days, three days a week. Um, that they're down uh, what was it down a hundred employees was that it um, yeah
2: it's a big number I mean you know what I think we ought to do uh crime and punishment in April this is from you in April yeah. 2022 Fayette county detention employees told the lexington council staffing shortages that the at the old Frankfurt pike jail continues. some officers working 16 hour days now here's my question i think what if it's that bad at the jail you take some departments like for instance the lexington history museum which they're given seventy thousand dollars to and there isn't even a museum
3: where, I was going to say, oh, where's the history I, I to right, All right, that, that that's, but that's just one thing, Missy. Ago.
2: You're going to give $264,000 to a food truck. You know, why not take that money that. and fix the problem at the jail? No, we can't do that. Everybody is the same in this. We don't prioritize. We go out and we don't ever operate with the assumption that maybe we're Maybe we have departments in government that don't even need to exist. The assumption is they all need to exist and we're going to give them all what they ask for. So there's no, let's just say there's no hard ass. There's no person that gets to be the asshole and stand over the thing and say, no, you're not getting that. In fact, you're not getting anything this year because we're in crisis. There is no adult in the room. And that includes the mayor that's going to say, you can't have this. Now, if you as a taxpayer are listening to this and you don't want, and you just say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm out of that process. Don't complain about crime. Don't complain about city services. Don't complain about the fact that you had eight police officers retire at the end of May. Just don't get involved and bury your head in the sand. Because this is what's happening. Nobody showed up that day. And I put it out. I I, I ran ads at my own expense talking about what the hell's going on. And and nobody showed up. So if you just don't care, let me tell you something. You had a gentleman show up. Yeah, Yeah, we did. (laughs) did. I think he's from where you're from. Anyway, he 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 showed up. I did. But you know what I'm saying, Missy. I mean, I this is nuts. This is this is okay.
3: nuts. Okay, we always talk about bringing a background to business, and I left you a little thing. I was laughing about the institu- institutional imperative, Warren Buffett. Yeah. You saw that, you know, where companies inherently have the propensity to do some really dumb things because they're trying to manage their organization and not who they're really representing. And I kind of bit in this, you know, this government in this in this, this recent budget budget pass we just not quite for it's, it's like all for great optics and, and big ideas, but not for the nitty gritty of what needs to happen. Which, because I think most people would agree that public safety, you know, uh, health and safety is what you know, safety particularly. I'm a new downtown resident, and I got to tell you, I'm I am I'm guffawed at what I see every day on the street.
2: Yeah, I mean, you've not ever lived downtown before until about seven or eight months ago.
3: That's correct. That's correct. And the the, the sleep the homeless sleeping on the street, I, I have uh, not once, not twice, not three times, multiple times, um, in particular, and just recently. Um,
2: well, so. that one guy just laid right down on the sidewalk and said he was sleeping there because he wanted to.
3: I, know. I, I know. mean but it, here's alarming. the other thing,
2: Missy, it I'm not so much worried about that. I'm talking about real crime, gunfire, shots. When I sure. went in that council meeting and i and the the mayor somehow and I'm incredulous has said crime is down and nobody has challenged her on that. Meanwhile, Another shooting, and and right th- the minute before that, somebody had shot somebody at the courthouse, literally right. hundred and fifty yards, or maybe a hundred yards, from where we were having that meeting. And I said, "You all know there was a shooting at the oh no, they're in this bubble down there at the council, <clears throat> and they don't know." Just had wh- one this past week at Tate's Creek Kroger, right in yeah. front of the, the uh, shopping center. I mean, and, and, and those th-
1: are the ones that are reported. You all do realize that there's a lot that goes on that never hits Not the news. Not reported, I know. Yeah.
2: I realize that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the other night, you shot at me, you know.
1: Yeah, in what? my in my mind,
2: perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> now, the, the point is, it's the, the the craziness that's going on, and we're being told, walk right along, don't look here, nothing to see.
3: Yeah, I believe if we've been if you've been passive all these years and just thought that it'll work out the best, you know, it'll 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 be okay. I think we're finally reaching the end of that rope. Um,
1: Well, and Tom, what was it that you were reading that said that Lexington had lost the largest part of its second largest part of its population in the state?
2: Yeah, we're we're beginning to experience net outflows.
1: And we're not we're not growing with population, which means that the tax base will also decrease with people leaving Lexington. Right. And in a time when people are moving to places that they want to be from places like California and Seattle, Washington, we really should take a hard look at that because we should be growing just a tad instead of going. Absolutely. Instead of going backwards.
2: That's right. They're not coming here. They're going to Nashville, Tennessee. I don't care. People say, well, you must not like Lexington. No, I love Lexington. That's why I'm doing this. But we have horrible leadership. And it's not only the mayor, but it's the council. It's got to change.
1: All right, Missy, close Where- it out. We've got about a minute.
3: Oh, gosh. <laughs> Lord! Well. <laughs> You got well, way you know more me. to say. I, 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 do, do I get to? Do I get to go? Can I go off track here?
2: Yeah, but do it in just about forty bit. seconds.
3: Forty seconds. All right. Well, just this past week, for all those that were tuning in, um, the FDA approved the uh, COVID vaccinations for children as young as six months. Don't I saw that. Do that.
2: Can you believe that it's on the
3: fourteenth and fifteenth? I, I'm, I'm. I am. I'm guffawed because I think I've never seen more. Uh, pure theater, no critical thinking, just it was a painful rubber stamping um, and actually no discussion. And I actually tuned in to about 45 minutes of it. Um, and all I saw was, it was just like FDA, you know, bobbleheads or big pharma bobbleheads. Um, and, of course, they didn't even, you know, top causes of death in kids are like cancer, car crashes, birth defects. I mean, if you, if you look at drowning, you look at the state of Mass, uh, Maine, not one kid died of COVID. Not one. But we're going to now, we're going to prove yeah, Well, it's a train.
2: Once the train gets going, you're making too much money. You can't shut it down.
3: All right, I'm going to shut this it. hour
1: down right now. Yeah. Uh,
2: you're listening to the Tom
1: Dupree show. Missy Clifton's been on the phone. We appreciate you taking your time, Missy, to join us on your day off. We will see you next week and we will talk to our listeners. Second hour is coming up with our financial guys. Stay tuned. People talk about
0: me, baby Say I'm doing you wrong, doing you